Welcome to episode nine of Hurwitz's House of Horror. I'm your host, Steve Hurwitz. And as a fan and a lover of all things horror, I have decided to go out of my way to create this podcast to rope in some of my not so horror educated friends to watch a movie that they probably never would and then talk about it. And that's exactly what we're doing once again here today. And someone who I would like to welcome to the Horror House for the very first time is my good friend, CJ. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on here. Yeah. I have to twist your arm to watch a lot of movies. I mean, I've been trying to get you to watch Top Gun for about five years now. Yeah. Yeah. Still have not seen it. Yep. Still not going to see it. I like your commitment to that. Thank you. And I'm also just really disappointed. (laughs) I live to disappoint people. So that makes me happy. The new Top Gun Maverick is pretty fantastic. You know I'm never going to see it. Yeah, I did try inviting you to go see it, and you were just like, ah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not a movie person at all, mm-hmm. which you know very, very well. I do. I have not seen majority of movies. Mm-hmm. But like I just said, I created this podcast specifically to get you to watch some horror movies because you are not really a horror movie fan. Not at all. How many horror movies, I guess, would you say maybe you've seen? Is that kind of a genre you tend to stay away from? Mm -hmm. I think, man, that's a good question. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I think maybe like 15 maximum in my lifetime Mm -hmm. of horror movies that I've seen. Wow. Yeah, I try and avoid it at all costs. I think I've gotten you to watch one before. Maybe it's been a while. I don't even remember what it, <laughs> what it would be. Or I put it on and you just passed out immediately. Probably. Mm-hmm. I also have a tendency to do that as well. It's I'll a just good fall move. asleep. <laughs> you kind of get yourself out of any situation that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as I like to ask all guests when they come on, would you mind telling me about some of your first horror experiences or some of the first kind of horror related things that you you remember? Well, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. I come from a family that really loves horror movies. Really? And is obsessed. My mom and my brother would just spend like Saturdays all day with all the lights off and they'd watch a lot of horror movies. Like I lived in a household where people would jump out and scare each other all the time. My family was obsessed with Halloween, like would decorate our house intense black lights move the stereo into the front windows and like count how many kids they made cry um, on Halloween (laughs) from like jumping out and scaring them. We did a legit haunted house that people would drive across town to come to every year. Holy shit. That's awesome. But I yeah, mm-hmm. awesome, but traumatizing <laughs> if you're like six. Uh-huh. Uh, so my parents would have to take me out trick or treating beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to go inside afterwards and I couldn't come out of my house because it would make me cry. Oh. So I'm very scared very easily. Uh-huh. The first horror movie I watched was It. Oh. Um, and I was like seven or something like that. I yeah. was way too young, <laughs> way too young. And that ruined me. Yeah, I I imagine that that movie would. Yeah. I saw that too when I was really young. I think it was on TV. Yeah. I don't remember really finishing it. It took me a while to actually see that movie in full. Yeah. But yeah, the Pennywise was a freaky ass clown. Terrifying. Yeah. And also that movie takes a weird turn. It does with the weird spider at the end. (laughs) 
Yeah, which we should watch that one. I'd be super down with that. I haven't that. seen it in years. Maybe watch that and then watch the new. Have you seen the new ones? No. I, I should have assumed that. No. The ads would come up on YouTube sometimes mm-hmm. before a video, mm-hmm. and I would put my phone down <laughs> and take out my headphones and wait for it to finish. Yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you, the the new one, the, it's in two parts. The first one, I think, is really, really good. Mm-hmm. It has a very good, creepy and kind of horror element to it. Uh, the second one, or part two, is pretty decent, but it kind of loses a little bit of the the scariness that I think the first one had. But I think they're still fairly solid two movies. My ma was a big fan of Stephen King when I was growing up, and she had like a bunch of his books. And I also remember seeing like the cover of It just kind of lying around, and it was, you know, it just said in the red letters It, and the little picture that accompanied it was like a little, it was like a claw hand kind of reaching out from the sewer mm-hmm. and the little boat floating down terrifying and i was like i don't know what that is but i want to read that and my mom was like you are not reading that <laughs> she, oh she, i thought you were gonna she, say she gave it to you she's no, like go ahead no she was like that's not for you that's not for kids and she would put it like on a high shelf eventually though i wore her down or i was able to read it somehow i read that one we had the stand tommy knockers pet cemetery which i have read all of oh my at gosh this point. yeah so that was my kind of first introduction to i guess Stephen King yeah. was just seeing those those books lying around the house being like, I want that. I'm going to read it. You need to talk to my mom because she also is like Stephen King obsessed. Perfect. Reads The Stand once a year. Damn, that's a that's a big book. I too. know. That is no joke. She's obsessed. That took me, I think, maybe four times to actually get through fully. Yeah. Because I would get like a quarter of the way or halfway and I'd put it down and just get and you forget, forget and yeah. you have to start again. Yeah. Which I guess happens to me most cases when it comes to books nowadays. Who has the attention span? Uh, not me. <laughs> that's why you run a movie podcast. That's right. Because that way I can watch things instead of having to read them. There we go. So you just brought up haunted houses real quick. So were you saying that like you guys would set up a haunted house? In mm-hmm. Was it in your town? In, in our front yard. So I people see. would like decorate their house for Halloween with little bat lights or something. Mm-hmm. And we had fog machines, like sound mats that would take, like we had cords running all over our house. My Mm -hmm. mom would save uh, leaves that had fallen off the tree Mm -hmm. in the garage. So then we could like spread them all out over the yard, you know, and cover, cover all the cords and just make it really creepy. We had caution tape. We had my brother and his friends hiding around to jump out. Like I'd have to find pictures, but it was very intense. uh, And every year was kind of like a different style of creepy stuff. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but forever etched on my heart <laughs> in a non-fun way. Clearly. Yeah. In the town that I grew up in, we had a haunted house that was just one of the buildings that the town owned. And they set up like a little haunted house inside that you'd walk through and everything. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, I remember there was this dude who would come out with a chainsaw and chase you kind of around and out. And I love that. I remember just screaming so loud but being like, oh, I love this. You love that feeling? Yeah. Can you tell me more? Like, what is it about that feeling that that you enjoy in the moment and afterwards? Uh, in the moment, it's just that adrenaline rush and just that being scared is thrilling. OK. Knowing that it's not real also helps with that because ah. it's something that I hopefully will never experience, but I'm able to experience in a way that I won't result in me dying. Like that man isn't going to really kill me with a chainsaw until he does. You know, little do I know it's an actual crazy person who's like, ha ha, I found the perfect gig. And then just murders me and all of my friends. (laughs) Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Wow. So I guess that's the feeling. Yeah. That's terrifying. 
it, which yeah, it kind of explains a lot of why I enjoy horror in general. Yeah, that I think that checks out. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned a couple times I have a VR headset, and I got a couple kind of freaky games on there, The Exorcist and all that. And I actually put that on again the other day because I haven't touched that in a hot minute. And I definitely got about 15 minutes in having that terrifying feeling. And I just had to put it down because it was a little, it was a little too much. I'll be honest. Yeah. But you're so in virtual. You're in that. I, I don't understand that at all <laughs> whatsoever. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Don't worry. I'll get you to try it. Maybe mm-hmm. that would be a fun thing. And you'll to, absolutely hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, you describing it probably raised my heart rate. Good. Yeah, good. I hate it. Well, the movie we're going to be talking about this week is The Return of the Living Dead. Now, have you seen a lot of movies or seen any other related material that has to do with zombies? No. This is the first zombie thing I've ever watched. Really? hmm Wow. Ever. I didn't even watch The Walking Dead when it was on TV. Ah, that was a thing. Yeah. And it started off pretty good. And then what's that face I don't for? know. I, did it start? I don't know. People, I read uh, some of the comic books. Those were consistently good. Yeah. I read some of them. Mm-hmm. And that's like the extent of my zombie knowledge. The show did a pretty good job, I guess, in the first season. But then it also just kind of got a little boring. Mm-hmm. And it became very, you met a new group of characters or your characters find themselves in some situation where they end up at a farmhouse or prison. These are just some highlights. And then nothing would really happen until like the mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. And then something big would happen. And then it would come back. And then it would finish out the season again, kind of just becoming a little bit more boring. Little things would happen. And then, of course, something crazy again would happen in the in the series finale or the season finale. And it just did that a lot. And I lost interest. I mean, that I, sounds boring. I don't know how that show stayed on for as long as it did. I think it has maybe like three spinoffs now, too. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Because there's Fear of the Walking Dead, which was, it was about like right before the zombie outbreak happened. And then it kind of ended up bleeding into the main continuity or the main Walking Dead. And I think there's two more. That's too many. I agree. That's too many. But hey, like what you like. I guess it's doing okay. Yeah, I guess there's a reason it's yeah. still around. People are watching it. There are also supposed to be, I don't know if you care about any of this, but <laughs> there's also supposed to be like three movies starring uh, the main character, Rick, who, spoiler alert, never finds his kid. He, something happens where like an explosion goes off and he flies away from the rest of the group and then he gets like picked up by a helicopter and <laughs> I guess he's going to have his own trilogy of movies. I don't know if that's still happening, but. Movies? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. That's just, yeah. They're milking it this for all is why, Yeah. I mean. Why? That's how it works, baby. Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. Yeah. So the first time I ever saw a movie was on TV. It was The Night of the Living Dead, the 90s remake. The original one was a black and white movie. It was fantastic. But this one was a color, pretty much a shot for shot remake, but, you know, more updated. And it just was so cool seeing zombies for the first time. And I was like, I love this. And I think that kind of started off a bit of my zombie craze. Or just, that's just one of the first things I remember when it comes to, to seeing anything zombie related. You know, I, I, I knew what zombies were, mm-hmm. you know, just undead things that went, Bleh. very good. Thank, very good. Thank you. Uh, There's not a zombie here. It was just me. You had me fooled. Yeah. But that's the first time I remember kind of seeing it 
seeing something that had to do with zombies on TV in a movie. And you kind of like gore too. Mm -hmm. So like zombies and gore go a little hand in hand. Oh yeah, most definitely. It's a slam dunk. Yeah. It's a Steve slam dunk. Swoosh. All right, TJ. Well, are you ready to take a bite into today's movie? (laughs) I'm super ready. All right. Well, today we're talking about The Return of the Living Dead from 1985, directed by Dan O'Bannon. Before we dive into the movie, I have a little history here for you. So in 1968, Night of the Living Dead was released, and it was credited as being written by two people, George A. Romero and John Russo. Now, the two ended up going through a bit of a legal dispute because they both had different ideas on what they wanted to do for sequels. John Russo ended up getting the title Of the Living Dead, and George A. Romero ended up getting Of the Dead. So George A. Romero would end up going on to make movies such as Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, etc. And John Russo ended up writing a sequel to Night of the Living Dead as a book. So after John Russo wrote the novel, he ended up securing movie rights for it. But unfortunately, that never ended up really going anywhere. Uh, Eventually, though, it was picked up and Dan O'Bannon was brought on to rewrite the original script. And he gave it more of a comedic tone. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what brings us into, into the movie. Have you heard of Dan O'Bannon before, by the way? No, not at all. He I is, Googled him. Yeah, he's written some or he's helped screenwrite some absolute bangers. Alien. Alien. Oh, never seen it. But, you know, I've heard of it. So that was one I actually was thinking about originally having you come on for. Is I, it considered a horror movie? I think the first one is very much a horror movie. OK. Yeah. And. I didn't want to throw you too far into the deep end of the pool when it came to a horror movie, because I know your history when it comes to mm-hmm. not watching that many. So I think Alien might be a, a good one because it's definitely not gory, really. Right. It's it's more of just like a suspense thriller with, you know, you're being stalked by some tall, terrifying creature, which adds the horror element to it. Mm, yeah. OK. I thought Alien was just like an action movie. I'd say Aliens, the sequel, is going to be more of the action movie. Mm. Okay, well, well, maybe. I thought you were going to throw me in the deep end, like, hard. Yeah, I wanted to ease you in a little bit. And I feel like this was kind of the perfect perfect one for that. It has... It has a little bit of everything, honestly. It does have the gore, but it also has some of the more comedic elements that I think you, or hopefully, found enjoyable. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. We certainly will. (laughs) All right, well, let's, let's dive into it. So the first thing that shows up says, the events portrayed in the film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. Yeah. What a way to start us off. Mm-hmm. We begin in Louisville, Kentucky. It is currently July 3rd, 1984, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We're introduced to two of our main characters here. We have Frank, an older gentleman, and Freddie. They're closing up at this medical supply warehouse And it's the 4th of July weekend, so everyone's getting all excited to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Eat a hot dog. Oh, 
What else are you supposed to do on the 4th of July? <laughs> Frank is showing Freddy around. He shows them they have skeletons here. They have half dogs, which yeah. Frank was very excited about. Yeah. What a weird thing, especially as it goes on. Yeah. And then Frank finally shows Freddy that they have a cadaver in the freezer. He says that there's only one in there right now because they're a little short supplied, which I guess they should be thankful later on for. Uh We're now introduced to six other characters. We have Tina, Chuck, Casey, Trash, Spider, and Scuzz. 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 Was his name not Suicide? Ah, he shows up very shortly after this. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it, okay. All, a lot of these names are fantastic, just 80s names that you would have. Yeah. Spider. Classic. Scuzz. Duh. Trash. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all have one in our friend group. We do. We do. So Tina is meeting up with Freddie once he gets off work. And Casey is very excited to party. She says those words, I just want to party. Mm-hmm. She was very adamant. She was. She literally is like, I just want to party. There's another funny line that uh, that she says that goes on between her and Chuck when Chuck is like, hey, Casey, you like sex and death? And she <laughs> just replies, know. yeah, so fuck off and die. <laughs> Classic. That was yeah. that was a good one. She had that one loaded. So we're back with Freddie and Frank and Freddie asks Frank what the weirdest thing that he's seen or kind of gone through the warehouse. Frank asks him, have you seen Night of the Living Dead? The one where all the zombies come. Freddie's like, yeah, it's just a movie. Frank starts to tell him, mm, 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 this actually happened. These are real events. Things were just changed because the army didn't want you to know about it. Classic army. Apparently, there was a chemical spill that happened at a VA hospital that leaked all of this fluid into the morgue beneath and caused the bodies to start jumping up and coming back to life. But of course, it was covered up. And they mentioned that this... This chemical called, what was it, 245-trioxin was supposed to be used on marijuana. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why. They don't really talk about why. Yeah, they, they literally just say, they, they just glance it over like, or something like yeah. that. It's supposed to be used on marijuana. What is that going to do? <laughs> I think, like, do you think that was just old school propaganda? Probably. That they're like, we have to put put it on the weed so the youth don't, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking so maybe, fucks like, them up. would it destroy the marijuana or would it have like an enhanced effects on the marijuana? I feel like it would kill people, right? Probably. Because as we see later on, not to give too much away, mm-hmm. but like just, you know, being in the air, that mist mixing in with the rain fucked with people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So if it's on something that you're smoking, mm. it's, it's questionable. It's probably going to kill you. It's probably going to kill you. <laughs> Frank continues to tell Freddie that there was some sort of mix up with the transportation department. And instead of the containers that the government tried to cover up by putting the bodies and the dirt in, uh, the, these containers were accidentally transported to their warehouse and they've been there for about 14 years now. Which honestly, one, two things here. One wild mistake to make. Too wild to just leave it there. They're like, okay, yeah, these bodies got delivered. I guess we'll just keep them. Yeah. There's clearly a number on the side they could have called. Yeah. I'll never understand why. Maybe because they thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Or they thought they could sell them later. That's true. Make some money off that. Yeah. Frank asks Freddie, you want to see him? So he takes him on down to the basement. 
Frank also mentions to Freddie that be careful of the third step going down. It's a bitch. Comes oh, into I play. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tina learns that later on. <laughs> so, yeah, they're looking on the side and it says property department of the army. Call 1-800-454-8000 in case of emergency. There's like a little a little view box you can open up to look yeah. inside of the container. Yeah. And we see this just like dried up, dead looking body. Here's just this face. Yeah. Just stretched out, dried skin. Mm hmm. Again, conveniently, there's a little opening for you to be able to see that. Yeah. Take a peek. Freddie asks Frank, we're safe down here. It's okay to be around this, right? It, it doesn't leak. It's not leaking. <laughs> Frank being the absolute genius that he is. Genius. Hey, ah, this is American made. Slaps the fucking thing. And as soon as he does that fucking gas just goes all over them, covering them, and they pass out. Now we have a shot that I really like. It goes back to the face of the corpse mm. in the little in the little view window, and all of the skin begins to melt off. What? Why? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, exposure to air because it was like in a sealed container for so long. Maybe true. I don't know. Maybe that's just the side effect of the chemical. Could Maybe. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. This is when we have our amazing theme start playing, and we get the intro credits to the movie. I did write sick intro. Hell yeah, the music in this movie is fantastic. It was good. It's yeah. very rock and roll, very punk rock. Mm -hmm. We follow the gas as it starts to spread throughout the warehouse. It goes through some vents and it goes to the vent conveniently where the cadaver is being held in the freezer. And we see the cadaver begin to move. I am just now connecting some pieces. Oh, good. There's there's a few reasons why I don't watch movies, uh -huh. and it's because I miss some <laughs> some details. <laughs> and something's making more sense now. That's good. See, we're going over it. Wow. We next have a title card that says 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight. We have a colonel returning home, and uh, he's just immediately rude to his wife. His wife is like, hey, I, I made lamb for dinner. He's like, fuck fucking. off. <laughs> he's like, I had that for lunch. She's like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, dude, calm down. It's the 80s. Yeah. Okay. What can, What are we going to do? You can have Women, lamb twice. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up to his room or wherever, and we have a cool military computer that he opens up, presses a few buttons. Yeah. Calls and checks in with the army, and he's like, still haven't found what it is we're looking for, which I guess we're now connecting that. They have not located these barrels for 14 years. For 14 years. Mm -hmm. So does this man just have to call this little from his little phone in his bedroom every day after he comes home from work Seems and is like, like hey, I still don't have them. Mm -hmm. This is inefficiency. This is our tax dollars. <laughs> going to the going to the best of work right <laughs> there. Going to the best of them. So we now go back to Louisville, Kentucky. It is 730 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is when we meet your character Suicide. They end up hitting up suicide because they need a ride and he's the only one with a car. The car fits a lot of people. They also it's funny how he acknowledges that his friends don't hit him up unless they need a ride. Yeah. And one of the friends even says, it's because you're weird. Yeah. They call him creepy, right? Don't <laughs> yeah. they call him creepy or something yeah. like that? He just reaches back and tries to hit him. It's While like, he's oh. driving. <laughs> <laughs> they almost get hit by a train. <laughs> Further proving their point. Mm -hmm. Well, they're on their way to go meet Freddie. Freddie is not off work for another couple hours or so, maybe just an hour. Two. 
Two, two hours. Because I remember thinking, why would you show up that early? Yeah. That's a long time. Well, they make the great idea to go hang out in Resurrection Cemetery. <laughs> Casey once again exclaims, I just want to party. That's all she wants. Give the girl what she wants. Oh. I just want to party. Suicide brings some flares for some reason, and they just start playing some music. And as people do, they just go hang out in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Freddie and Frank finally begin to wake up. They're coughing. They're saying that they feel like shit. And they're starting to look a little, they look a little pale. Yeah, a little moist. They go over to the container to investigate it, and the body that was once in there is now gone. They also come to the conclusion that maybe it disappeared because once it was exposed to the air, all of it just decomposed. It just just melted. Little do they know. Little do they know. Also, Mm. I do want to point out that those containers, tiny. Like, were the people smushed up in there? I guess so, because there were three of them, I believe. Yeah. Possibly more. And they were short, too. Mm -hmm. I remember I wrote down how did those uh, fit some full zombie bodies in there? I guess maybe they like had the bodies going like the fetal position. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. That's the only thing I can come up with. All right. We'll let it slide. And let's say let's say that there were all of these bodies or excuse me, all of these containers can only house one body. Mm -hmm. And maybe there were like a bunch of other containers. And that's how these three possibly more kind of got lost because there were so many that for some reason, these three just ended up here. They went on a different FedEx truck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had that happen with my packages. (laughs) Me too. And then it never arrived. Then it never arrives. What a a bummer. So Frank and Freddie make their way back on upstairs and they start hearing some weird noises from literally all around them. They hear some banging coming from the freezer. They hear Like a dog whimpering. Yes. And this is when they get their first taste of something not being right. They go over and this half dog is knocked over on the ground. They turn it over and it's half alive and it's in half. I don't know if I specified that, but it is in half. And it's like little tail is wagging. Yeah. And like they they freak out. I mean, rightfully so. You wouldn't (laughs) freak out because the way how the dog was laying, you couldn't tell that it was one of the dogs cut in half Mm -hmm. first, uh, right down the middle. And then they pick it up and then they realize that it's organs. That was the first moment of like, oh, that's what kind of movie this is. Yep. Because it's just this half dog and he's like kind of twitching. And then what's his name? Uh, Frank just starts beating the shit out of yeah. him. <laughs> and this dog is just just whimpering. He doesn't miss a beat. He's just immediately like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah. And poor, poor Freddy is just like, this is inhumane. Not the fact that the dog's cut in half mm-hmm. and alive currently, but can't beat him as well. Everyone has their limits. He's I don't know if this is his first day or not, but he's extremely new. So this is this is a weird day he's having. This is definitely his first day. (laughs) And this man is regretting some stuff. Oh, most definitely. Uh, There's also a shot where they kind of where you see like some butterflies that are pinned and those have come back to life and are kind of moving on. the wall. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that was just more shit hitting the fan. That's a good tiny detail. Mm hmm. And like I said, there's banging coming on the freezer and then they hear screaming coming from it, too. I think they're coming to that conclusion that something uh, something might be happening now. Something mm-hmm. might be alive. They go into the office and they end up calling their boss. After a lot of convincing. Right. Uh, they get a hold of Bert, thankfully, the boss, and he's going to make his way on down to the warehouse. We go back to the cemetery and we have just 
a very we see Trash's character completely. This is this is her. (laughs) Yeah. So she's sitting next to Spider and she says, do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Try not to think about dying too much. Hmm. Well, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start fighting and eating me alive. I see. First, they would tear off my clothes. Let's get some light over here. Trash is taking off her clothes again. Trash gives us that wonderful description of how she would want to die. Mm-hmm. Maybe the worst way, but it sounds like to her the best way. Yeah. She's into it. So she immediately rips off of her clothes. And we have Chuck saying a very funny line. Let's get some light over here. (laughs) Trash is taking off her clothes again. Yep. And it's just the way he says that, too. Like, this obviously happens quite a bit. Frequently. No one's phased by it. It is the first boob sighting. No, sorry. The second boob sighting of the movie. Mm -hmm. I kept a tally because this this movie has a lot of boobs. Uh Uh-huh. You are Um, not wrong. They are mostly all trashes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? One man's trash is another man's treasure. That is beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So Trash just jumps on top of a gravestone and just starts dancing. This is when Suicide comes out out of nowhere off the side of the screen, holding his flares, (laughs) blasting the music. And this is what you do when you're waiting for your friend to get off work. Casually. Yeah. Shakes off her pants, too. Mm -hmm, Everything. Uh, She keeps on her her long socks. Yeah. Super long socks. uh, Yeah. So Bert arrives to the warehouse. He's very unhappy. I really liked that this movie acknowledges zombies because in some zombie movies that I've seen, no one will say the word zombie. They refer to them as like Z's right. or like walkers in the walking dead. Right. This is just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No zombies. Because apparently Night of the Living Dead was a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And they kind of know exactly what to do. Or so they think. So they think they talk about how to destroy the undead. You need to shoot it in the head or you need to you know, destroy, destroy the, brain. the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Bert comes up with a brilliant plan. He gives Frank an axe. He has Freddy over by the door to unlock it. 22 to the right or to the left. 10 to the right. And Bert does his wonderful part by staying very far away. Which is consistently what he does Mm -hmm. the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Bert is just there to give the orders and watch it all go down. Pretty much. Ugh, we love it. So the door opens up and the reanimated corpse just charges straight at Bert. Mm -hmm. Which is very funny. It was, they had a lot more energy than I would have expected for someone just coming alive. Very fast. Mm -hmm. This movie kind of introduced fast moving zombies which is not the typical norm for zombies yeah is what i've been told normally they can't run correct they just shamble walk they don't talk yeah they don't talk (laughs) this movie introduced that element into this yeah so here's a fun little thing 
Do you know why the zombie went straight for Frank? Or excuse me, why the zombie went straight for Bert instead of Frank and Freddy? Oh, I actually think I do know. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wasn't sprayed with any of the gas when he was down there. Correct. So he still had brains to eat where the other two, right? They had already been sprayed. And so he was like, I'm not interested in you. They were already dead, apparently, or already dying. Yeah. I never realized that until I think watching it this time around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, cool it's heightened sen- it's heightened senses. Mm-hmm. These these zombies in this movie had. So they managed to pin the zombie down and Bert just nails it through the head with the axe. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. It went straight through. Unfortunately, that did not seem to stop it because it was still wiggling around while Freddie and Frank were holding it. And it's still just moving its mouth. Was it still screaming too? I don't I feel like yes, probably. Yeah. So they're all freaking out like, uh, I hit the brain. Why isn't it doing anything? Yeah. You got to remove the head, I guess. It's Bert, the only way. Bert gets a saw and he starts to just saw the head right off. Very casually. Mm-hmm. He just he was ready for it. Bert is extremely <laughs> casual this this whole movie. I think he just knows how to uh, handle himself under pressure very well. Do you think that's what it is? <laughs> is that is that the credit we're going to give him? I think he's keeping a fairly level head. Oh, well, I, he's doing a lot of yelling. He's yelling at Frank to uh, to be a man and suck it up. Classic. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> Classic old white man just <laughs> doing what orders. they do. Yeah. yeah. So they saw off the head and then the body continues to keep moving. Uh, it gets up and just starts wrecking shop, flapping around. It's making a ruckus. Yeah. It very much felt like a lizard when it loses its tail <laughs> and the, the, you know, the tail still wiggles around mm-hmm. and it's kind of creepy. That's the that's the vibe it gave me. Thankfully, they're able to tie it back up and able to stop it from causing any more damage. Bert, thinking great under pressure again, looks out the window and he says, looks like Ernie's working tonight. Looks like he's working late. Maybe we can use his furnace. My guy, Ernie, the real star of this movie. I'm pretty sure Ernie was a Nazi. Whoa! Wild's claim. Yeah. Uh, wait, why do you think that? Okay, so here are some things that I have found while researching this movie. Okay. Ernie is listening to the German Africa Corps March song uh, on his Walkman when he's embalming a body when we first get introduced to his character. Oh, dang. He is carrying a German Walther P-38. He has a picture of Eva Braun in the morgue. Oh. Refers to the rainstorm coming down as Ein Betrücken Soldat, which means a drunk soldier in German. Okay. And he really knows his way around a crematorium. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Little things like that. And I also did read that in one of the DVD commentaries, um, the director did mention that Ernie was intended to be a Nazi in hiding. What the? That really (laughs) bums me out because... Of all the characters in this movie, he was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that really bums me out. That's okay. Again, it was intended, but it's never specifically said. Yeah, interesting. I really would have loved to see where they have built out that (laughs) plot line. This just this tiny subplot line of him being a Nazi in hiding. Yeah. We'll never know. It is now 916 Eastern Daylight Time. The kids are still hanging out in the cemetery. Trash, of course, is still naked. And she's talking to suicide. And we see suicide have a little bit of a sensitive side here. Yeah, he has feelings. He does. He's just a very angry boy. He just needs some mental health help. I like that he comments, too, that, you know, what he's wearing. It's not a costume. 
you know? I am. It's a way of life. It's a way of life, mom. <laughs> so going back to Ernie now, uh, we have Bert, Frank, and Freddie going on over. The first thing that Bert does, he taps Ernie on the shoulder and Ernie pulls out that gun. That yeah. German P-38. Immediately. He was prepared. <laughs> Honestly, he was pretty quick. You know why? Nazi in hiding. Yeah. Someone comes up behind you. You have to be prepared. Putting these little things together. <sighs> also, Bert and Ernie. Isn't that funny? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, a dream team. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do well together. According to the director, that was not intentional. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer of a mistake to make. So Bert brings in a bunch of bags to Ernie saying, hey, I really need a big favor. We ended up getting the shipment of rabid weasels. I loved I loved that <laughs> um, that excuse. Yeah, it was good. He was thinking on his feet there. Yeah, it did make sense because he had cut. A, do you remember this before when they're talking about going over to the morgue? Uh -huh. They're like, how are we going to transport this body? Mm. And then Bert is like, oh, I have a solution. And he cuts them up into tiny pieces. Yes, he does. Which didn't make sense because they brought it in on a long stretcher, just mm -hmm. in individual bags. Mm -hmm. And they most certainly could have just tied up the body and just put it in the morgue just as it was. Yeah. My thinking for that is maybe they thought if we keep taking off parts of the body, it'll eventually die. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But that thing, like all of the body parts were still moving. All of them. Hence the rabid weasels. Yeah. And Ernie is like, that seems inhumane to put them in the furnace. Uh, why don't I take them out back and shoot them first? Yeah. This is when Bert continues to just think on his feet. He's like, all right, you know what? I lied. Secrets out. Uh, these are these are body parts. And they're twitching. They are moving. He takes out an arm and just like fucking flops around and grabs Ernie on the leg. And Ernie's like, oh, God, what is this? He freaks out. Mm hmm. For a man that didn't take off his bloody gloves to drink uh, out of his <laughs> coffee cup, he was kind of freaked out by that. He sure was. So Ernie does agree to help out Bert burn this body because I guess that's the only way you're going to get rid of it. He tells Bert, you're going to owe me a really, really big favor. So they go down into the furnace. They load up the body parts and Bert is really concerned that it's not going to burn everything. Ernie just keeps saying Turn it up hotter and hotter. Turn up the heat, baby. Yeah. Ashes to ashes, dust, dust to, to dust. dust. <laughs> they put everything on in and it is slowly just melting. It is slowly being burned. We see the smoke start to go up into the air. And then, inconveniently, it begins to rain. Right before it begins to rain, though, we have Tina going on over to the warehouse because it's almost about time for Freddie to be off work. So she heads that way. And the rest of the gang stay at the cemetery. Now the rain starts coming down. It is smoking as it hits the grass and everyone, all the kids start freaking out because it's, they say it's like acid it's rain. Burning it them. Burns. And they make it back to Suicide's car where they hang out trying to start it up. That's not starting. Mm -hmm. They seem to be stuck there. We have more shots of the rain as it sinks into the ground. We have a cool little side shot as you see it fall slowly into someone's grave. So once the body is finally burned, we have shots of Frank and Freddie, and they are looking real bad. They've been getting progressively paler, bags under their eyes. They're starting to say they feel sick. They're going to throw up, just super nauseous. They're assuming that it's the gas. Yeah. Thankfully, Bert and Ernie end up calling the paramedics to get them <laughs> on over. And they do. 
So the kids are in Suicide's car, just sitting there waiting for the rain to end. And they start to hear weird noises coming from on in there. Mm-hmm. They hear screaming and like moaning. Ugh. Another great zombie uh, impersonation. Thank you. So because it's raining acid rain, Tina ends up charging on inside to the warehouse to get out of it. She's calling around for Freddy, not hearing anything back. She goes looking for him. This is when she goes down into the basement. Girl, you could have just walked away. She decides to go check out these open containers or this one open container. That is where all this began. She looks inside. There's nothing there. She hears a noise and turns around. And we get our first look at Tarman. Oh, man. What an incredible moment that was. Yeah. 10 out of 10. What does he say? Brains. Brains. (laughs) And it was amazing. I love the look of Tarman, too. Just a melted, gross looking fucking dude, man. Yeah. But also like excited. Yeah. You know, he was he was real hyped. That emotion really came across. Mm -hmm. So Tina runs upstairs and this is when the third step comes into play. She steps on it, fucking goes right through. Tarman starts to go back down the stairs coming after her. She ends up jumping into a closet and kind of locking herself in or trying to close herself in. This is when we see zombies like they now they like they can think these ones at least. Yes, I was very impressed by this. He problem solved. He sure did. <laughs> so he ends up taking a chain and wrapping it around the front door and it's like attached to a pulley. Yeah, some kind of crank system. Crank system. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And he uses that to bust the doors open. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, at this point, the gang heard her screaming, I think it was. And they went inside the warehouse to go look for her. And they end up running straight into Tarman. Directly into this man. So suicide gets grabbed by Tarman and just gets bit straight into the head. Spider. This part, I was like, ah, come on, man. Because, I mean, I guess his friend was getting attacked. So Spider throws like a paint can or something at Tarman. And that just gets his attention immediately. He wasn't even paying attention to the others. Nope. You could have just ran away and been like, there was obviously no saving your friend. He was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. But oof. Yeah. Tarman looks at him, goes, more brains. (laughs) They thankfully end up rescuing Tina. So she's okay. And... Unfortunately, suicide is the one that gets left down there and they run back upstairs, locking the door behind him. Our first death. That's right. First death of the movie. Numero uno. So the paramedics finally arrive and they take a look at Freddie and Frank and they're like, all right, what happened? They were poisoned. Do you know what kind of poison? Mm, sure don't. All right. Let's take their blood pressure. They don't have any blood pressure. Let's take their pulse. They don't have any pulse. What do you mean? Uh oh. They're dead, baby. So I think the gang end up thinking maybe that Freddy is at the mortuary. So that's why they end up going over there. Yeah, they see the light on or something. Yeah, or maybe just because they just had their friend die and a zombie attacked them. They're like, "Uh, let's go over there. Let's go over there. The next best place. Another safe spot. So they're running through the acid rain. But of course, to get there, they have to go through the cemetery. At a certain point, they stop and take a look around. And we have one of my favorite shots. They see a fucking skeleton just rise out. <laughs> just this goofy looking fucking skeleton with eyeballs. Full eyeballs. Those did not disintegrate in the Mm-mm. ground. Mm-mm. Eyes open up. The mouth opens. They see it and they just fucking book it. I mean, wouldn't you? Personally? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I was thinking like, I, would I find that fascinating? Be like, whoa, 
But no, I would probably just be like, oh, God, I actually do feel like I could see you finding it fascinating for a second. Like if you and I were running through the cemetery Uh and we saw that, I would be freaking the fuck out. And Mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, my God, CJ, look at that. I'd be like, what are you doing? Let's get going. I'd be pointing, looking at it. And you would already be like 20 feet away. Yeah. Like, Steve, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Yeah. It was a sight. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That just is just one of the best shots in my head. Whenever I think of this movie, it's always going to be either of trash Mm-hmm. Or of the skeleton. It's, it's gonna, I mean, you see Trash's boobs uh, approximately seven times in this movie. Wow. For those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> so the group all scatter once they see the skeleton. And then we get this music by 45 Grave. Party. Party time. banger some people might say it's bussin would you would you use that word i it i am not gonna even try and quote the youth of the day but it was pretty dang good <laughs> like as a normal human being uh, i don't use that yeah i think <laughs> i wouldn't be friends with you if you did uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh i'm about to start adding it to my vocabulary mm-hmm. so the dead all start rising you see him coming out crawling on the ground arms shooting up faces coming out And unfortunately, everyone kind of goes their own way. Trash is the only one who gets left in the cemetery. She doesn't move. That's why. Yeah, she moves away a little bit and then ends up just kind of falling into into water, was it? Yeah, like a puddle of water. And her excuse was, guys, I'm not wearing shoes Mm -hmm. or anything else. Whose fault is that? Yeah, that's hers. So with Trash separated, she gets surrounded and then we just see a bunch of Old white men zombies come up and take her down. Yeah, just how she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So technically, I would say this is death number two. Right. But she does come back. Right, but she's dead. True. All right. We have death number two on our hands. Would Well, technically then, wouldn't our other boys be dead? Wouldn't those be our first deaths, technically? True. But let's not count them. Okay, cool. Great. Well, all right. They do know because Freddie does turn later on. Mm-hmm. And then Frank ends up going another way. We'll, we'll talk we'll, about that we'll later. Count those, we'll count those as their, their death numbers. Okay, great. So they're not dead yet. Not yet. So Tina, Spider, and Scuzz make it back to the mortuary. And then Chuck and Casey end up fleeing to the warehouse. So the paramedics are very worried about Freddie and Frank. And they end up going back out to the ambulance to call for backup or get some more help. One of them turns the light on and we just see a bunch of zombies right in front of the ambulance standing there. It was I think that this was my favorite scene of the movie. It was the best. The old school, like you pull the knob to turn on the lights Uh and then all of a sudden it's just a herd of zombies just staring at you face down. It was incredible. One zombie jumps into the front of the ambulance and kind of gets the guy that way. And then the second paramedic doesn't hear his friend anymore, goes around. It's empty. But then a zombie comes out of nowhere and gets him. These zombies are fast. They come and disappear like nothing. Well, it's because he the ambulance door was open and mm. he checked inside. He closes the ambulance door and then he looks and he sees a zombie on the ground eating brains falling That's out of right. his mouth. And they were juicy. They sure were. And then he lunged for the zombie lunged for our other paramedic. 
So that's going to be kill numbers three and four on mm-hmm. our hands there. So Spider, Tina, and Scuzz, they're banging on the door to be let in. Thankfully, they are. And they're telling Bert and Ernie that there are like hundreds or at least a hundred of these zombie things outside. This is news to both Bert and Ernie because as far as they knew, there was the one that they chopped up and that was it. They thought they had done a job well done. Mm-hmm. They'd gotten rid of it. It was good. No, sir. In fact, you made it so much worse. <laughs> So Ernie goes on to check on the paramedics. He actually leaves and goes out. And then he sees like a zombie with no legs and no arms eating one of them. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Oh, that was incredible. (laughs) Incredible. And and it chases after him. Yes, it does. It's awesome. (laughs) Do you think that they got a little person to film that? I 100% believe it. It did look like that. Yep. It didn't look like it at first. Yeah. But when it started chasing him. It was the running. You're like, this is a real actor Mm -hmm. and they're very small. I appreciate that they did that. Yeah. Because that added so much of an effect. Yeah. It was so creepy. So Ernie flees back on inside. Thankfully, no zombie bites, no zombie scratches. He's still all intact. So they start trying to use the phones. Those are all dead. And then we have zombies starting to break through the front door and the windows. We have everyone just kind of grabbing anything that they can and start boarding it up. They're using everything at their disposal. Mm -hmm. We flash back out to the ambulance and we have a zombie just kind of munching down. And this zombie hears a call from dispatch. (laughs) Another great scene this was. The zombie goes into the ambulance, uses the radio and is just like, send more paramedics. Yeah. Which was impeccable. It, the original DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up had their food delivered. Man, that happens a lot, too. They just it keep really- calling for backup <laughs> and more people just show up. Which, again, is, is a real testament to how smart they made the zombies in this movie that uh-huh. they could be like, I understand what this radio is for. Mm-hmm. And I understand how I could manipulate it in a way that works for me. The original DoorDash. <laughs> So Freddy now is starting to go into rigor mortis. His body is just like tensing up. And there's a shot too where Ernie lifts him off his back and pulls up his shirt. And you just see like he's all bruised from where the blood is pooling because he's been lying down. It's gross. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> this boy is not doing well. So the second- Also, wait, sorry, before you what? move on. Yeah. Tina has been like kissing him the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I just had to note that because it was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were dating, but she kept like holding him and like kissing his head and just sure, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also gross. Yeah. Because if you haven't pieced together at this point, what's happening to this dying cold. What was he? 70 degrees. When they do the temperature, he's 70 degrees and had no pulse. And she is still kissing him. And like, okay. Gross. She also makes just a terrible mistake, just jumping forward a little bit when they end up locking up Freddie and Frank. And she's like, I'm going to stay. It's yeah. Like, woman. This feels right. She's like, woman. I'm going to stay. <laughs> it's like, this oh, is God. why women shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't here publish that. <laughs> women are great and magical <laughs> and just as capable, probably more than men. This podcast stands firmly behind that statement. Yeah. Women are wonderful. Except in this moment right now (laughs) where she chose to lock herself in the chapel. So the second ambulance ends up arriving and immediately just a mob surrounds them and they get taken out. The zombies continue to keep breaking through some of the barriers that they set up in the front. And Scuzz ends up getting grabbed by one and he just gets bit on the arm 
No, I'm sorry. The the zombie bites him on the head. Yes. Yeah, of course. The head. Yeah, because of the brains. The doy. And it's it's like the top half. It's a torso of a woman. Mm -hmm. Like a decomposed woman, too. Another boob sighting. This time zombie boobs. Wow. Just all Mm -hmm. sorts of boobs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. (laughs) I kept a tally. So Scuzz ends up just kind of dying from that. The zombie's biting into his head, eating the brain. He falls back and he ends up pulling this torso inside with him. The group is able to board everything back up. But unfortunately, that's going to be kill number, death number five. five. Also, is this the moment when Spider said, damn, he's dead? Damn, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the lines. Yep. And I, I was incredible. Yep. Yep, that was the moment there. I would like that put on my gravestone when I die. I just want to make that formal request <laughs> right now. Damn, she's dead. Well, uh, period. It is recorded here and will live on until, until that I moment. Die. Yeah. Great. Hey, tell you what, if I die before you, I'll put that on your on your gravestone. If you die before me, you'll put that on my gravestone. Yep. <laughs> I stand by the statement and I'm not going to correct myself. So, and we're going to keep it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up taking this corpse. Ernie finds like this long pole. He's able to kind of pin her down and they drag it back inside and they tie it down and it starts talking to him. It's like brains with a full voice. Yeah. No zombie voice. No, no anything like that. She, she's fully articulate. Mm-hmm. Clear. She also has eyes. I'm, I'm just starting to realize, I guess, maybe this gas or whatever, how, however, brings people back from the dead mm-hmm. just makes you think and your eyes come back. And perfect teeth. And which I'll call some. back to the beginning. Ooh, yes. Where he's talking about skeletons and how they all have perfect teeth. Yeah. Where do they come from? A skeleton farm in, in India. India. <laughs> that was weird. We're crushing this. <laughs> Hell yeah. So the, the corpse starts to speak to him. And she says, I can feel myself rotting. Mm-hmm. Eating brains makes the pain go away. Kind of funny, too, because I've seen that uh, that uh, like a meme of the shot of the woman on the on the table. And it mm-hmm. says, I can feel myself rotting. And above it, it's like how I feel a day after a long night of drinking. Like, that's funny. <laughs> I uh, love it. Memes. Yeah. Nothing better than someone describing a meme to you. Mm hmm. <laughs> In an audio format. In an audio format. <laughs> so we have another one of my favorite shots here, too. We have a reanimated trash rising from the mud, naked and all zombified. Mm-hmm. There's like a homeless man just minding his own business, walking along. He hears some <laughs> noise, looks over, and he just sees fucking trash running straight at him. Right. Making a beeline. She eats him. So we already did mention this a little bit, but this is the part where Frank and Freddie are moved into the chapel for safety reasons. And Tina makes her bright idea and decision to stay. I'm never going to understand that still. True love, man. Does it conquer all? No. Because as soon as they reanimate, she freaks out. (laughs) She's like, this was a terrible idea. Oh, immediately she regrets her decision. (laughs) And we love to see it. Mm -hmm. Now we have the zombies getting even more people to come on by. There's a call and two cops show up to check in on the fact that the paramedics have been missing. I guess a total of four now. The zombies <laughs> chomp on them and they make another request. Send everyone. Send yeah. back up. So Freddie ends up turning and he just goes straight for Tina. Frank 
just kind of wanders off, I think. Yeah. I don't think he has fully turned yet. No. He's because he was not as as in bad shape so quickly as as uh, Freddie was. True. So I think he kind of is seeing what's going on and is making a decision. You would think that maybe Frank would have turned first just because as an older gentleman, mm-hmm. you know, your body is probably already dying. <laughs> wow. So you're like closer to being a zombie. Yeah. He's older, so he's closer to dying. So, you know, like he should have been a zombie first. Well, just maybe like because his body couldn't fight back as probably as strongly as a as a younger person. True. This like a, like a disease, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. Yeah. A disease. A zombie disease. Or okay, maybe, but maybe it's that uh, Freddie is younger and has a higher metabolism. Uh-huh. And so he's metabolizing all the chemicals and it's getting into a system. I'm sure scientifically that's not how it works, <laughs> but we're going to pretend for a moment. Yeah, let's go with that one. That seems to work out. So thankfully, Tina gets rescued by the group because they hear her screaming. And Freddie gets a bunch of acid just thrown on his face. And he looks cool later on because mm-hmm. he just has like these red burns and... I don't think he can see, right? He's blind. No. So Bert, Tina, Ernie, and Spider all retreat back into the room where they have the torso of this lady tied up. And they lock, they barricade themselves in there. This is when things are starting to get desperate. Bert and Spider make the decision to make a break for the cop car that's right outside. The engine is still running. Keys are still in there. Another Bert idea, Mm -hmm. might we add. (laughs) (laughs) He is taking lead. Ernie makes a nice little comment here, too. He's like... You know that Favier owe me? Oh, yeah. Watch your ass out there. Wow. Like, look at that friendship. I know. He didn't even want money or anything after Mm -hmm. this. Or, like, money to rebuild his entire business that just got destroyed. Yeah. Probably not thinking about that too much. He just wants to live. So Spider and Bert make their way outside, and they just start fucking punching zombies, hitting them with their weapons. And they make it to the car, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But, unfortunately, they don't get too far in it. The zombies just start kind of swamping them. They get close to the door, but then their car is just covered in in bodies, zombie bodies trying to break in, and they end up having to flee. They gave up really quick. They did, but I don't see any other way out of that. Really? Are you going to open up a door when you have literal zombies covering it and that are also right next to it? I feel like they turned their car Mm -hmm. and then there was like another herd of zombies in front of them. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, let me run them over, they were like, oh, no, 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 this is a barrier. Uh-huh. I have to reverse and get out of this. And then they just kept like finding herds of zombies around them. Yeah. And I feel like they could have just driven right through all of them. But their whole getaway was like, run to car, drive forward a little bit, drive back a little bit. It was a bad K turn that they just bailed on. Well, they were trying to get uh, Ernie and Tina as well. Their, their plan was to go up to the door. Right. Obviously, that didn't work. Mm-mm. But they didn't get out either. Sure didn't. It was a trash idea. They were just going to die no matter what. They were going to die. I I think they made the right call. Bert does say, you know, we're going to call for backup or we'll get more people to help. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do in a situation like that. I like that they have to drive out of a gate that was already broken earlier in the movie. Mm, Because how else did the teens get in there? Exactly. But they drive the car right through it. And like you were saying, they end up running into more groups of zombies. It's this shit spreading real fast. This must be a huge cemetery, too. A lot of dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, they end up crashing their car because they get overwhelmed. 
and they ended up having to flee back into the warehouse. Thankfully, they were able to get there because mm-hmm. it was like right in front. Yeah. They're also reunited with Casey and Chuck. These two have still been staying alive. They kind of had like the little lone adventure. Mm-hmm. What did they do? Nothing. Yeah. They talked about at one point she looks at Chuck and is like, you know, I really fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she doesn't say it like that, but she's like, I really don't like you, but just hold me tight. And I thought that was the moment where we were going to see some romance Uh or I thought they were at least going to just sleep together in like classic uh, horrors genre. You know, people just like are randomly hooking up in the Mm -hmm. middle of horrible scenes. Mm hmm. Sex and death, they go hand in hand. That's another callback to the beginning when uh, someone says, I like sex with death. Yep. That was Chuck, I think. Or it could have been trash. They're all saying these things. (laughs) They're all, yeah. (laughs) I think, too, at a certain point, they were talking and she's like, I hate you. Go choke a chicken. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't know what that means. In the cemetery, because he was trying to, to, uh, you don't know what choke a chicken means? Is that like a... Like jerking it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love that we're having this revelation right here on this podcast. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go choke a chicken. Because well, he's trying to get her to hook up with him mm, in that scene. And she's like, nah, just go uh, like do it yourself. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Go choke a chicken. <laughs> so yeah, Spider and Bert end up finding Casey and Chuck and... They're going to start making a new plan. We now go back to Ernie and Tina. They end up having to flee into a little attic crawl space because Freddie has broken out Mm -hmm. from the chapel that was locked up. And he is now blind and he's pursuing those two. He's banging on the door and he does eventually break through. But then we also have... Spoiler alert. (laughs) We also have Frank wandering off to do his own thing. He... Puts himself in the incinerator. Sad. It was. Because he's like standing there looking at it. He takes off his wedding ring. Oh, kisses it. Mm-hmm. Hangs it up. It's very, it's a very touching moment. It is. And I like that he chose to take matters into his own hands. Rather than becoming a mindless creature that's just going to kill people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making that conscious decision to end your own life on your terms, though. And honestly, in a pretty brutal way, too. Yeah. Like, in a way that he had to really feel it for a minute. It was not a quick and easy goodbye. Mm -mm. He turns that incinerator on and he just puts himself in. Crawls in. Yeah. Slides the top down and you just hear some screaming. And that's that. And that's going to be another death on our hands there. Yeah. And that's a wrap on Frank. Mm Mm-hmm. Once again, more police cars show up. I think there's like about five or six of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just get massacred, too. Immediately. Mm -hmm. Swamped. They all get out, like, all at once, and then, boom, from the sides. Done. It was a little buffet. It sure was. was catering. Yeah, right to (laughs) them. A little food truck. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So, Freddie is continuing to taunt Tina, and there's a weird shot, too, where Ernie is holding Tina, and he starts to pull his gun out because... Freddie is banging on the attic door. It's looking like he's getting close to breaking it open. Ernie's pulling his gun around. And it looks like he's going to shoot Tina in the head. Did you get that? Oh, I did not at all. Because it could be him like maybe getting the gun ready to defend them from Freddie breaking through. Right. Or maybe Ernie was like, I think I'll just kill her instead. 
Yeah, then she doesn't have to feel the pain of like getting her brain eaten out by, by someone that she loves. Yeah. Yeah. Who was also saying very creepy things. Yeah. I loved it. It added to the <laughs> He was like, I love you so much. That's why I have to do this. Yeah. I can smell your brains. Very upsetting stuff. Yeah. So in the warehouse, this is when Bert tries to make that phone call. Upstairs, the phone isn't working, but there's a second phone downstairs. He goes down there and they have to deal with Tarman now. The OG. He's still down there. So they run back upstairs, of course, and they make a plan. They decide to lure Tarman out, kind of like they did earlier with the cadaver. Mm -hmm. And they manage to do that. And Bert just fucking knocks off Tarman's head clean, clean off. With a pipe or something? I think so. What did he hit him with? Yeah. Some. Once again, we have more police showing up, but they're making a barricade. And this is when we have Trash come back because she ends up like leading this group and she ends up biting a dude in the head, obviously for the brains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She had to go out with a banger. So she's still just running around causing chaos, but naked. But naked, slightly green now. Once Tarman is killed or taken care of, Bert goes down and he talks to the police for a second before they get overwhelmed by Trash and her group of zombies. He decides to make a second phone call, finally, to the number on the side of the container. Oh, man. Finally. We finally get that phone call. Yeah. The colonel, I'm sure he's psyched after 14 years, finally gets the phone call saying... 14 hey, years of not trying very hard to find something. Yeah. Maybe he was just like, it'll show up eventually. Yeah, which I mean, it did. So he was right. You're not wrong. So he gets the story. And I was thinking about this a little bit and how... If only they had called that number immediately instead of trying to cremate this body, like they would avoid this whole situation. I know. But then we wouldn't have had the glory of Return of the Living Dead. That's true. And this is a true story. Yes. True people. True mm -hmm. facts. Real organizations. Real organizations. <laughs> the U.S. Army isn't made up. This is real. <laughs> so the colonel ends up making a call of his own. And we see a nuclear weapon being armed. Things just yeah. get extreme real fast. Zero to 100. Mm -hmm. eh, maybe not zero, like 15 to 100. But yeah. it gets pretty, it gets there pretty quick. We see the nuke get fired off and there's a shot of Bert being like, you guys hear something? And there's that whistling sound. We have some freeze frames of Freddy breaking through the attic door finally. Mm-hmm. Yelling, Tina. Yeah. Which I thought it was going to black out right there. Mm -hmm. He was like, Tina. Boom. Then we get another shot of the zombies all looking up into the air. Of course, with trash there in the front. And then we have 501 Eastern Daylight Time. The bomb goes off. <laughs> Apparently, this ended up destroying 20 square blocks. There were about 4,000 dead. And there are just fires all over the place. Mm -hmm. Of course, don't worry. It's okay. Because we learned that there's a rainstorm coming that'll take care of all of that. It'll wash it all away. That's right. Don't even worry about it. Mm. Maybe you should because the rain starts coming down and we again have the shot of grass starting to steam. You see the water just going down through the soil. You see it going into a grave. And we have another shot, the same shot as earlier. The exact same shot. Yep. Of our fantastic skeleton friend shooting up from the ground, opening his eyes, mouth opening, 
Cue credits. Cue we like to party. Party! And that is the end of The Return of the Living Dead. Ugh, what a honestly cinematic masterpiece. Really? I liked it. Okay, I'm I'm glad to hear that. You <laughs> I had liked me, it a lot. All right, I was nervous because... I was critical. I was critical. Uh-huh. But it was good. I did mention a little earlier, I wanted to start you off. I do plan on having you back, CJ, just so you know. Thank you. And I wanted to start you off with something a bit more on the lighter side. And I thought this would be the kind of kind of a good one. This was super light. There are some sequels to the movie, but uh, I personally haven't seen those. Oh, man. Yeah. Put them on the list. I've heard they're interesting. Maybe I'll get around to them. But One is called Rave in the Grave. What? Yeah. It's like the fourth one. Okay. I oh, looked it up. There are some yeah. that came out like what? That came out, in, I think, in like 2003 or something. I forgot about those 2005. ones. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I'll touch those with a stick at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm intrigued. Because didn't those go direct to do like, you know, DVD or whatever? Oh, I that's more than I would know. <laughs> all I know is uh, that there is one that exists called Raven the Grave. Yeah. And it's probably not good. Sounds like it could be fun, though. Yeah, but it could be worth it. Well, I'm, I got to see what happens. I don't know if they're actually connected. No, they are. Are they? We can Google this later. All right. I know the third one has to do with like a dude whose girlfriend dies and then he brings her back to life. Pet Cemetery style? Yeah. I have seen Pet Cemetery. The old one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. You could cut that out though. <laughs> well, CJ, uh, what were some of your favorite parts of this movie? Oh, I really loved all the zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, Tarman specifically. Mm -hmm. A dream. He's very much the staple of the franchise. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed. Um, the fun bits of nudity that we got. Yes. Also a treat. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. Absolutely not. But overall, I really just I loved it. Mm -hmm. I was very into this. Uh, as you know, I've never seen any, you know, classic horror, like anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I have one idea of what horror is, which mm -hmm. is like the jump scare, terrifying and this was not that. And I was yeah. like, oh, I could watch more of these. I want to watch the next one. All right. Well, with everyone that comes on the show, I like to make up a rating system on the spot. Ooh, love it. Yeah. And I like to ask out of how many of this, what did you think of it? So for this time, let's see. Out of let's do 10 out of 10 Tarmans mm. out of 10. How many Tarmans would you give this movie? Out of 10 Tarmans, I would give this, I would say eight Tarmans and half a dead dog. Wow. That little half dog cut in half Aww. back to life. Oh, I should have done the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I added one in. I like that. I like that a lot. Eight and a half. It had everything. It had mm -hmm. everything that I wanted. I think the only thing that was missing uh, was... Just I you know what? I really would have loved to see where that Nazi plot line built out too. Yeah, me too. But unfortunately, we're never going to get that. We'll never know. Good old Ernie is just disintegrated now. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Don't you a little bit kind of want to see the Sesame Street remake of this, though? Like just hearing you say Burton Ernie so many mm -hmm. times in this recap. Mm -hmm. Was your brain not a little bit thinking about what it would be like to watch these two? Those two uh puppets 
go through this movie? Uh, not until now, but I am 100% sold on that. All right. And it's going to be like everybody else are, are real actors, except for these two. They're yeah. just the puppets. Yeah. It's like, what? why is this happening? I don't know, but I'm on board. That would be incredible. Agreed. Okay. Well, I would give this a solid seven Tarmen out of 10 Tarmen. Okay, say more. Seven. Yeah. Explain your rating. I like this movie a lot. It has slowly been becoming one of my more go-to zombie movies. Mm. A lot of them are very serious. And again, this one has that comedy in it that I really like. I personally would have loved to have seen more gore. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me this, from your perspective, what would you say the gore level was? Oh, minimal. Okay. I think it was very, very minimal. Mm Because you had kind of told me in advance it was a little bit of gore. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, not not really. Because the things that they're cutting and stuff are dead and don't really have a ton of blood. Mm -hmm. We only see it with the brains. I think the... One of the bloodiest scenes was once Scuzz gets bit on the head. Yeah. And there's just like, it, it seeps on all over him. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the more yeah bloody scenes. Yeah. But other than that, it was just people getting kind of bit, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't see too much. Yeah, you don't even, see it. Even with the sawing of the cadaver's head getting cut off. Yeah. There was, was no blood in that scene at all whatsoever. Bloodless. Yeah. Yeah. They well, hit him in the head with an axe. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, he was a cadaver. So, I mean, the blood gets drained out. Very true. So that would explain that. I just love gore a lot. And so I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but I have a lot of fun with this movie. I think it's one that's accessible for people who aren't Mm -hmm. as big into horror as it's showing with you. It was a great intro. Uh, I love the rock and soundtrack. And I am now kind of looking forward to checking out some of the other ones, too. If they're yeah, if they're actually related. Yeah, they definitely have set it up for a second one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So maybe we'll give that one a watch, you and me. We'll have to give it a cover. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I have some fun facts for you. you ready give them for to them? me. I'm ready. This is the part of the show that I like to call trivia from the dead. <laughs> so the shot of the barrel corpse, nicknamed Tarman, changing through the glass panel was done with a wax face over the skull and heat turned up to melt it. Uh, the Glass cracking was unintentional, but happened due to the heat. Oh, I think that was very cool. That was a good added element. Definitely. So the scene where Tina falls through a broken step was done without Beverly Randolph's knowledge it was going to be done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They just let this girl fall. Apparently, the director uh, had a false step put in while she was at lunch, then told her to do a test run up the stairs. She wound up banged and bruised as a result. And also is the reason why Tina doesn't get up immediately and run in that scene. Whew. Wait, so that scene was actually her falling for the first time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You could get away with a lot in the 80s. Some, <laughs> even recently. That's true. A lot of directors have done some shady stuff in one filming uh, scary movies. Mm-hmm. So here's something you might not know, but three of these actors have had pretty large roles in some other horror movies that I love personally. I can't wait for you to tell me and me to not know what they are. The gentleman who plays Freddy plays one of my favorite characters in Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Yeah. He plays Tommy, uh, the main protagonist, and that's a great movie I think you should see. Okay. The gentleman that plays Spider plays another character called Demon in Friday the 13th, part five, A New Beginning. 
uh, damn those enchiladas, if you know what I mean. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, the gentleman who played Suicide has a bit of a smaller role, but is also in Friday the 13th Part 5 as a gentleman named Vic, who kind of sets the events of Friday the 13th Part 5 into motion by killing somebody. Wow. Okay, spoiler. Yeah. yeah don't worry. <laughs> You'll get we'll, there. We'll, we'll get to we'll that get one. There. We certainly will. When Bert, Freddy, and Frank are bringing the cadaver parts into the morgue where Ernie is embalming the corpse, you can see a colored caricature of Adolf Hitler hanging on the background on the wall. So, thus, reinforcing. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> that is, that's a nail in the coffin on the Nazi. Yeah. So, I got a bit of a long one here for you. Hmm. So, when shooting Trash's gravestone dance, she initially was completely naked and showing pubic hair as was more of the norm in the early 80s. However, producer Graham Henderson visited the shoot that day, and according to himself and others, threw a fit yelling at the director, saying, you can't show pubic hair on television. Dan sent the actress away and had her completely shaved, which was coincidentally uh, the actress, she found herself to be the most embarrassing part of all of the situation. She was fine, you know, doing the da- naked dance, but that like getting was... getting her pubes shaved? Yeah. Wow. So they ended up doing another shoot in which Graham Henderson cried out, oh, God, it's even worse. You can see everything. So at this point, they had the actress go over where they made a crotch piece that resembled the bottom of a G-string and glued it on. Apparently, this was a bit of a problem because every time she had used the bathroom, they had to remove it. And because of this, there are no shots of the actress with a completely naked crotch area. It looks like she's a she's a mannequin, a store mannequin. It did. I did notice that. Yeah. Because uh, she was just covered with that little crotch piece? Yeah. Interesting. And that is just a few fun trivia from the living dead facts for you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, CJ, for coming on. I really appreciate you doing this. And I'm pumped that you enjoyed this movie as much as you did. Thanks for th- for roping me into it, you know? Yeah. I never would have watched this if you hadn't have told me about it. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. For the next time you come on, would you want to do... A movie similar to to this one with more of like a comedic tone or would you kind of want to branch out, maybe do something a little bit more gory or a little bit more scary? I think I'm ready for the heavy hitting stuff. Heavy hitting. I want to be like haunted in my dreams. Have you ever heard of the movie Dead Alive? Uh, Directed by Peter Jackson, came out in 1992, I believe. No. All right. Well, that one is a bit of a gore fest. Oh. So I might... I might prep you for that one in the future. All right. I'm ready. And thank you, everyone, for giving us a listen. Uh, Please rate and review us because that's how we can get this podcast out to more people who like horror movies, movies in general, or just people who want to hear a good time. (laughs) You can find me at Hurwitz's House of Horror on Instagram. That's where I post fun pictures, behind the scenes stuff, videos, clips from the movie, all things like that. Next week, Jeff will be back with us, and I believe we'll be doing Chopping Mall, so get yourselves ready for that. Thank you again, and as we say at the end of every episode of Hurwitz's House of Horror, more brains.